Podcast, a podcast discussing nerdy topics with people who aren't necessarily nerdy themselves. With you today is your nerdy tutor, George, and my own magical pony princess of business, my mom. <laughs> I like I like that intro. We're coming up with new ones all the time here. We're going to eventually have just way too many nicknames for you that anybody will be able to... We'll have to start a wiki about it. Okay. So last week we started we started a quick topic about My Little Pony, and the reason I wanted to discuss My Little Pony is to eventually... My Little Pony's not really that nerdy. It's fairly mainstream at a certain level here. I mean, like, it's not nerdy. But the way reason I wanted to discuss it was to get to fandoms in kind of a broad, generalized term here. So we'll discuss that here in just a second, but we'll review some of the episodes we watched here real quickly okay. for My Little Pony. So last week, we had the... Mostly we're watching just the first season here, which is the season which was originally done by Lauren Faust. Uh, which a lot of fans consider the best the best season, but they don't necessarily think later seasons were that bad either. I mean, it's always aside a, from Equestria Girls. Well, again, like Equestria Girls is basically kind of like the the neither zone of what happens in uh, My Little Pony. I would suppose it's not well liked by everybody. I actually I actually get that. So, uh, so we had discussed the first two episodes, which are obviously the intro episodes, kind of like the pilot episodes, really. Um, Twilight Sparkle comes from Counterlock, goes down to Ponyville, and basically is told, hey, make friends. And you almost wonder if, like, Princess Celestia didn't know this was going to happen. Well, she must have known it was going to happen, because as... Um, am I allowed to allowed to give spoilers here? Yeah. Now? Oh, okay. Absolutely. So, so um, one by one, Twilight Sparkle meets the other ponies. Mm-hmm. Um, and strangely enough... Applejack's the only one who has family? Yeah, I do kind of find that odd that Applejack's family is the only one that ever comes up. I mean... Nobody else... I mean, I, I like I like Granny Apple, but um, nobody else has has parents. <laughs> I mean, it's a little like, like Peanuts or something. It's true, but a lot of the time, if you're like six or seven years old, do you really care who the parents are in a lot of cases? Oh, that's true. Yeah. I'm, Good point. And from a meta context as well, I mean, like, you may not have enough time to get through all the things you want to get through. And that one aspect of Applejack being, like, super loyal to her family and everything might be uh, a key point for that character that they wanted to present. Well, okay, so things I found really interesting as we got to know the characters is... Um, the virtues for some of them are a little bit different. Obviously, one has the virtue of loyalty. Mm-hmm. I think that's really cool. But one of them, their virtue is laughter. Not a typical virtue. I mean, you always have your comic relief. That's why Dopey's one of the seven dwarfs. But, yes. But um, you don't usually think of that as a virtue that you would go out of your way to obtain. And I thought that was interesting because the truth is if we look at our friendships, like most of us have in our friend groups one person who's really funny usually it's me but <laughs> but um seriously i i thought it was interesting because not all the virtues were um strictly what i would think of as goals that most people would have so i thought i thought that was interesting yeah like it's one of those things where like again um and this is very much true in later episodes here that like all the episodes really tie back to friendship in a lot of the way here and like strong personality kind of quirks or things you would like to see in other people here and again it really does speak to the fact that this is meant for a younger audience that's 
you know, is being introduced is thinking, hey, this is what's normal. So if you have bright, bubbly sort of characters that have, you know, you can kind of identify with these characters in a bit, and, like, these are kind of the things you want. Well, you have kind of a fashionista, so maybe that's a friend, but then what is the virtue there? Um, I guess it's generosity. Well, I mean, it is. Because she gives and she takes care of other people, and she's actually, in her own way, very nurturing. Yes. Which I thought was interesting. But she's sort of a, a bit of a... Glamour puss. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and and on the flip side, you have Applejack, which is very much a tomboy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was interesting. So um, unique things, I, I th- you know, in the towards the end of part two, because it's a two-parter, it's long. Yes. Um, and, and they each find, they each face challenges um, that help them find their virtue. Mm-hmm. Um, Rainbow Dash is probably the one I connected with the most because Rainbow Dash has the is given the opportunity because she's the fastest runner. Um, she's given the opportunity to um, to join some elite pony club as the captain to lead them in, in being fast and and prize ponies and and um, she elects to stay with her friends. Her virtue then she finds is loyalty. Um, so I thought it was kind of neat to see how they each found their own virtues. Mm-hmm. Again, not real obvious. I actually, you know, kind of thought Rainbow Dash might be tempted to go over to the dark side um, because those ponies are literally dark. There's nothing subtle here about good and bad. No, no, no. This is not a show that's that if it was subtle, it would be different. Yeah. So um, I thought I thought that was interesting the way they find each of their their virtues mm-hmm. and they have a scene towards the end in which um, they actually get their necklaces mm-hmm. for Twilight Sparkle it's a crown mm-hmm. I have questions about that okay um, but for but they get their necklaces and you see the stones swirling around them and all I could think of was Avengers Infinity and <laughs> and the if infinity stones. <laughs> I think I'm becoming a nerd and going over to the dark side. Um, I sat there thinking, would they ever be be um, would Thanos ever be trying to collect their the stones from their necklaces to build his own glove? I have a spoiler for you later. Oh, when we get to the fandom here. Oh, because okay. that has happened before. Oh, has it really? Oh, sort of in a way here. I'll, I'll explain it, that a little bit here okay. a little bit later. So I'm going to go Avengers on you again mm-hmm. and, and tell you that um, the relationship between Princess Serenity and the the and Luna. Yes. Okay. Uh, and Luna is um, Luna is actually a bad girl. Um, she's a girl. Um, Luna is actually a, a menace. Yes. Uh, okay. Um, the villain. Mm-hmm. Um, for um, a period of time, and um, and when they defeat Luna, then Princess Serenity magically appears, and Princess Serenity um, welcomes her back as her sister. That's her sister, and I couldn't help but think of, of Gamora and Nebula. Same sort of. There are no new stories. I don't think Avengers stole that from My Little Pony, but um, it's the same sort of thing where it's where a similar dynamic. It's a similar dynamic where you've got got the younger sort of um, 
bad princess? I, I mean, the underappreciated. Okay, the underappreciated. The underappreciated, and like the older sister gets all like the. If you if again, if you want to tie it back to Gamora, Gamora gets all like the praise. She's the one that wins all the fights. She's basically Thanos's favorite daughter versus Nebula, who is. Um, who, whenever they fight, ends up losing, and thus has to be thus a part of her has to be replaced, which is why she's well, mostly cy- cybernetic, and she's just not as well liked, um, you know, by Thanos as Grimora is. Does this mean Prince Charles likes William better than Harry? You know, I worry about that sometimes, but you know? I mean, like it's it's an interesting dynamic to, to think that like you know he's basically going to get circumvented, and then when Queen Elizabeth eventually passes on i guess although like wouldn't she just like abdicate the crown at some point here and just decide? she she's not good she's indicated she's not gonna abdicate we we can go we, i can take you into my little nerddom too sometime we, yes yeah, so yeah, yeah we'll, there, we, we, there we go um okay so so that's my my avengers um parallels mm-hmm. which i which i thought were interesting because yes. i i am a, a guardians of the galaxy fan um the question I had that I couldn't figure out, and I tried to look on some fan sites for it, is what exactly is the relationship between Twilight Sparkle and Princess Serenity? Because Twilight Sparkle, she gets her crown. She's obviously mm-hmm. a, a, a deity of some sort. So in the initial, ep- so the initial episodes paint uh, Twilight Sparkle as having been a student of Princess Celestia. Right. And um, teaching her, obviously, magic at a young age, she eventually gets her cutie mark by actually hatching Spike. And so that kind of denotes her magical ability, denotes her magical ability, and eventually, seasons later, um, or I think by the third or fourth season here, uh, Twilight Sparkle becomes Princess Twilight Sparkle because she gets wings along with her horn. And so she joins the ranks of what they call the Alicorn, which again are Princess Serenity, Princess Luna here, and then so she becomes she joins that kind of royal deity, and I guess it makes it so that this is less of a monarchy and more of like a um, I don't know if one percent makes it any sort difference. Of, sort of a sort of a merit a merit monarchy. Yeah, I, I could go with that. So yeah, okay. so she eventually gets those wings here and. Um, the intention is that the crown that she would wear when she was doing that would have been this friendship crown, and her thing is the uh, is that like well Luna like Luna's in charge of like the night, Princess Freddy's in charge of the day, Twilight Sparkle's in charge of harmony, or I guess that's her ele- that's her princely element. Um, it all gets kind of pointed out in the movie for My Little Pony, which is you know oddly enough a very interesting and fun movie so watched i watched the movie yes it's a fun movie that that, that was fun um i and and i had i had you know a seven-year-old and a five-year-old with me so it was the perfect crowd to watch the movie with. oh yes 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 um i, add, I also watched the, i also watched it with a five-year-old and a seven-year-old i bet they're the same ones i could imagine them possibly being it yeah so um so yeah it was fun what was interesting to to draw to draw parallels, though, um, and this is true of the individual episodes, and not the um, the the two parter has a traditional villain. Yes. And um, although they face all these different challenges along the way, there's a traditional villain. Mm-hmm. In the episodes, you don't have that. In the episodes, there's sort of their own. 
they're on their, their own standalone episodes that can be watched out in and out of any order that you really want. And they're less about a direct villain in a lot of cases. Now, some of them do have direct villains or antagonists, rather. But, like, most of the episodes are really about... They're problem-solving. Problem-solving. And, yeah. inter- and more interactual sort of things here. Because, again, I mean, at the end of the day here, if you were to introduce a new villain kind of at the end of every episode here, like, it would start to get formulaic and, like... Oh, Power Rangers used to drive me crazy. Yes. Um, Same is true with Ninja Turtles. You had the same villains over and over again, and and how often can you do that? It's the pinky in the brain syndrome here. Like, how many plans do you get until you finally decide, you know what, not anymore, I just can't do it. Yeah. So so I I thought it was interesting that the, the episode that introduces them has that sort of typical bad, really bad guy villain. Mm-hmm. Even though she turns out to be Princess She, she ends up yeah. being a decent thing at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. So Nebula does too, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, but um, the the individual episodes didn't have that, and then the movie did have that. Again, I think um, I think when it came to... Because, again, when it comes to the bigger episodes, I think at the end of the day here, or the bigger plot point stuff, mm-hmm. there is kind of a, a major story relating around a villain in a lot of cases. You get to season. You get to um, later seasons, which clearly have episodes that have villains in it. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, even when we get to episode six here, there's kind of a villain in 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 it. In, so episode six is that a new pony comes around. It's named Trixie. She's a magical pony, uh, um, and she proposes to be the most magical pony of all of them. And everyone thinks that she's really magical over what Twilight Sparkle was. And then, like when a big disaster comes around. Trixie can't stop it at all. She's actually really scared of it as we're Twilight Sparkle's like, yeah, I'll do this and steps up and everyone realizes, oh, she was the better pony all along. Interesting dialogue with with um, with that episode, which um, I almost kind of wanted my, my Jessica, there's a video out there on YouTube of Jessica and Jessica stands in front of a mirror. She's like four years old. And she says, you are the best. You are the this. You are the this. I am going to. I, and and she gives herself all these affirmations. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I felt kind of like um, Twilight Sparkle needed to do a bit of that. Because one of the conversations she has with herself. And I thought it was an interesting concept to introduce to four, five, six-year-olds. Um, was, I don't want to brag or tell people how good I am because then people won't like me. People don't like people who brag. And she watches her friends' reactions to the new pony. Yeah, which are all kind of vaguely negative, right. but like kind of in, interested in what's going on. And at one point, Twilight Sparkle actually says, I guess it's okay not to brag, but to say what you are. Yeah. And and I thought that was, I, I, thought, I think that's a really important message um, and a really powerful message. It kind of... Um, struck the balance between when you're you're bragging just to brag and make people um, conceited. Yeah. It sort of drew the line, I guess, between being conceited and and just acknowledging that you have a skill. Absolutely, no. And the real, and again, this was one of those episodes in which it does have another antagonist in it, so it kind of works well with the first two episodes and mm-hmm. kind of, but it also kind of starts blending into the notion of like. This is not all the stories are about. It's also a lot about interpersonal relationships and how you're seeing yourself in other people as well. And 
And also Trixie's one of my favorite ponies just because I dig a, the kind of shadowy blue look and then um, the accidents. She's a pretty pony. And then I also love the hat. I, I, I'm, a, I'm big on the hats. <laughs> a, a good wizard's hat is always like really cool to me and stuff. And like, the pomp and circum the pomp and circumstance yeah. for it, yeah. So. Yeah. So that was yeah. episode six. We get to episode 13, and this one is a purely interrelationship episode. It's Applejack versus Rainbow Dash in any competition they can find themselves to be in, whether that's, like, eating a pie, running a race, you know, like, it's basically just a reason for the two of them to have a competition. And they get kind of, um... Kind of? Okay, they get pretty darn butthurt about losing and or competing with one another and not being able to who's best. Who's yeah, that? who's the best pony? Yeah, yeah. I mean, of sorts, it's a tortoise and the hare tail. Yeah, and with a slightly different flavor. But um, the the rivalry. What I thought was interesting was it told a tale of once you start cheating, it snowballs. Yes. And um, and if you'll do anything to win. Where does it stop? Mm-hmm. So again, I thought it was I thought it was an, an interesting lesson. I didn't what what I liked about both episodes was that um, it wasn't real preachy. It didn't have a real strong. It had a strong message, but it didn't it didn't um, chastise. It wasn't in your face. It was well, it, very, it was very subtle, but at the same time, it was very much the ponies, there. The ponies learn without really being chastised at the end. Nobody goes back after them and says, "You, you bad pony, look what yeah. happened." Instead, um, you know, you have the happy-go-lucky pony that says, "Oh, I, I just kind of pranced. I, I finished before you, and I just kind of pranced through the forest and enjoyed looking at the trees." Mm-hmm. And um, and and so the lesson is learned without it having to be. Yeah, as you said, hit over the head. So yeah. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, there's in another episode in season two where it's basically a Halloween episode, and Princess Luna comes down because she's the person of nighttime and she wants to figure out what all this Halloween stuff is. And Pinkie Pie is there with a bunch of younger ponies, children pony, taking them around to do like the Halloween stuff, trick or treating. Yeah, okay. and then every single time Luna shows up, Pinkie Pie purposefully freaks out over it being Luna being there and like Luna actually this you know every single time it happens all the other kids play along with it and are get really scared by Luna being there so Luna eventually starts getting really upset by like nobody wants to be around everyone's really super scared of me still like this is not the way it wants and Twilight Sparkle eventually goes to Pinky and says like why do you keep freaking out over Luna and Luna's not a bad person anymore you 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 freak out and everyone else freaks out and Pinkie Pie basically says it's like that's the point. And Twilight Sparkle doesn't get it initially, and basically Pinkie Pie says, it's like, yeah, I know she's not scary, but this is Halloween. You're supposed to be scared. It's fun to be scared. Okay. And eventually, like, they te- eventually they teach Luna here that, like, they're all playing along right now. Like, Luna's supposed to be a scary person, but Luna's not a scary person. And they're playing along with her because she's, that's... She's part of the joke, but she's not in on it. No, yeah, pretty okay. much, yeah. And, and eventually and eventually, they get to the point here where, like, after the younger ponies go to sleep or are done with trick-or-treating and they're playing with their candy, the slightly older ponies are now having, like, a traditional talking and fun at that point here, and it's not... And eventually it gets to the point of being, like, a normal kind of relationship. Again, a person outside of the joke initially, I guess. 
Okay, so so um, as I was looking for some of the information that I was trying to trying to understand relationships and things, um, I came across a couple of things I found really interesting. First of all, this Sunday, which is March thirtieth, there's a Ponyathon yes. on Discovery Channel, like starting at, at like six o'clock in the morning, I think, and going all day. And that's because on April sixth, the new season starts. Mm -hmm. So, and this is apparently the final season. Yes, from what we understand, this will be the final season. I mean, not bad when you think about it for a children's show lasting for like nine years, really. Yeah. Um, with the exact same art style and the exact same characters, I mean, like. I mean, when you when you think about it here, like, those voice actors have done those characters for, like, so many years. I mean, like, I think the only thing outside of that might be something like... Simpsons. Maybe The Simpsons, maybe one of the Japanese animation shows, which, you know, like, in some cases, like, Naruto lasted for, like, 10-plus years. Your brother's into that one. Yeah, and then, or some other, maybe some other shows, like, that have lasted for that long. But I think it... At a certain point, Naruto also changed cast midway through because it also has a, a time change episode later on. Okay. Um, but no, yeah, and again, like it's a long it's a long time for a cartoon to run, and um, simply that I mean, like simply that its ending means that something new can eventually start, and how much of the old stuff will stay over can clearly what a younger generation thinks of My Little Pony is this right now. It's not as if its marketing or its sales have really gone it, they have they have lessened but I think a lot of the fandom has lessened as well because of that and so um, it might be a new chain time for something new well and 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 also coming up is a CGI live-action movie this is news to me uh, well I was reading um, so I thought I thought that was that was really um, sort of interesting so that's apparently coming up. That's that's per Hollywood Reporter. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So one of the things that really kind of almost freaked me out, actually, was when I was looking for the relationships between ponies because I was trying to understand how Twilight Sparkle can be a princess and not be directly related to a Princess Celestia. So um, the number, I mean, we're not talking just wiki. There's there's a whole fandom site that has all sorts of stuff on it. Mm -hmm. That that thing, fandom.com, seems to be yeah. huge. And then there are all sorts of little pony sites. Yep. So, so, so it kind of freaked me out. So, um, so we can jump right into what fandom in is here. And so, um, so basically anything that's got any kind of media that's out there at this point here has a fandom for it. Um, and fandoms come in a number of different ways, shapes, and form, and how they interact with each other is a little bit different. Like, again, when we talked about like Japanese animation, we were talking about how people interact with it and the kind of the media they produce around it and the kind of the stuff they do with it here. And the fandom for a Japanese animation might be a weeb. If you go to Star Trek, you might have Trekkies. Um, and for My Little Pony, you have bronies, which is kind of... The, now, mind you, like, the again, <laughs> so again, so a brony is basically a bro and pony. It's a pantomime of the two words merged into one. It kind of implies that most of these fans are male. Yes. Um, so, and, again, and I know I mean, a lot of, I know a lot of guys into unicorns, so, you know. Yeah. Again, I mean, it's, again, like, for, I mean, 
I don't want to say that males are are a huge demographic for cartoons because I certainly remember a lot of cartoons aimed at male audiences when yeah. I was growing up. Transformers. Uh, Transformers, G.I. Joe, Ghostbusters, yeah. like Pokemon, Digimon, basically anything that came well, up. Po- on, Pokemon was a little more, I mean, you had it, Misty. You had Misty and you had a little more openness to it, but yeah. um, it comes from a shonen a- aesthetic, which was getting mostly aimed toward young boys. But, 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 but it clearly crosses that line. Being a, a, Scrooge McDuck only had Abigail. Yes. You know, yeah. DuckTales, okay. pretty much a lot of the Disney afternoon. Okay. Um, so, like, it touched a lot of male audiences, I think, in a lot of cases here, um, who are not, especially when it comes to nerdy stuff here, they're not, sometimes people are somewhat shy about what they love, and sometimes it's not. So, okay. you might ask yourself, well, where does the term brony come from? And I have a quick history lesson for you. Oh, cool. So, when My Little Pony came out in 2010 here, um, so, before I even discuss bronies, actually, we got to discuss what 4chan is. Now, you may have heard 4chan from news reports and, you know, conspiracy theories and things like that here. So, 4chan is a message board similar in the style of, like, Reddit or um, things like that, where the top posts or the most better posts eventually reach the top, but it's basically a timeline feature instead of where Reddit's basically, like, the upvotes for a topic, get it to the top of the page so everyone eventually sees the best stuff versus... You, you've been at the top of the page on Reddit because I, I found you there. I, I was once on there, yes. Yes, okay. Was, I was very surprised that day when that happened. There you go. Because my coworker knew about that well beforehand. And the fact that he posted it was very funny to me. Um, so 4chan actually derives from what is called 2chan in Japan. Now it's a it's an image message board in Japan. Um, it's based off of what would be Channel 2 in Japan, which doesn't have which doesn't have anything on it so hence two chan so two chan initially Q. yeah so two chan is two channel okay, yeah got it. channel two or two, two channel in japan doesn't have anything on it or it has like i think some government media or something like that like it's an all-purpose news and emergency channel for the most part okay and so because there's not really anything on two chan there's a message board called two chan in japan um it's where one of my favorite stories of all time comes from it's called uh, Densha Otoko, or called Train Man, comes from 2chan. It's basically this guy who, um, went, who's a super heavy nerd, um, very big anime otaku, and basically he um, saves a, you know, on the Japanese trains you don't want to talk and it's very quiet and everyone kind of keeps their own business because everyone's usually tired on a train. Some people even sleep on trains because... So we, we won't be able to talk when we're in Japan on the train? No, or if we do, we have to kind of keep it to ourselves for the most part keep you know quiet very okay. quiet yeah because you don't really want to disturb other people on the train because other people okay. you know that's kind of i got it kind of the thing yeah. um so this drunk comes by and he's harassing this one girl and he very unstereotypically saves her and she gets his address and she sends him a very cute uh tea set uh, which is a company from hermes i think it is or hermes Hermes, okay. It's a a very very expensive tea set. Yeah, so she works for that company. Okay. And so she gave him a very expensive tea set here, and eventually it starts this relationship between him and her where this guy who's called himself Densha Otoko, which is train man, is basically getting help from from 2chan here on how he should go about trying to woo and get with this other girl here. Oh, that's sweet. It's it's very cute, and they made a lovely, uh, I think twenty six or twenty six episode live action series for it. It's extremely cute. It's 
kind of like nerdum 101 for Japanese for Japanese yeah. audience. Um, it, it's very very cute and it's very very well done. I loved it. It's only available in subtitles. If they did an American version of it, it would be it would be interesting to me here at the end of the day. Um, but that came from Two Chan, and now obviously they made a version here in America, so they called it Four Chan. Okay. And when it got over here to America, they stuff changed really quickly based off of Western desires and needs and where the fandom went to versus what was happening in Japan as well. So the two boards are related to each other historically, but not... Content-wise. Yeah, but not content-wise. And certainly their creators are not hand-in-hand hand with each other. Like, they're okay. two separate... They're not very, parallels. Not at all. Okay. So uh, one of the so there's several boards on 4chan here. Uh, one of them being an animation thread, a forum here where various threads get popped up. And um, there is a gentleman here by name of Ahmed uh, Amadari, which I'm probably saying incorrectly here. Um, he runs an animation news website essentially that reviews cart reviews cartoons. And he was actually when the initial series came out was very highly critical of the show. Because it had a major person inside of it with Lauren Faust, who's a very well-known animator and creator of cartoons and things like that from the 90s and early 2000s here, basically shilling for a toy company with the intent on selling toys. And he felt this to be... Um, beneath the art. Well, not just beneath the art here, but very much kind of a loss of what would have been the independent creator-driven shows, because oh. clearly the show... Because in mind, he had seen, I guess, some of the episodes, but not all the episodes, I would imagine, here. And he wrote an essay very critical of it because basically his notion was, like, you have this super creative person that's made all these great things in the past. And she basically bought into the notion of shilling for a toy company to make toy to make cartoons to sell toys. Because that's what a lot of cartoons would have been in the 80s and 90s. That said, you know, having watched the episodes, I didn't feel... No. I, even, even, though, even though I have a bunch of them around my house... Yeah, like I, I watched the episode and I don't feel any need to buy anything. Yeah. And if I did want to buy something, it would buy be one thing maybe, and that would be it. But it wouldn't be like the intent to buy like must have all the ponies, must have must have all like two hundred plus cast members of every pony. Like nothing like that come up came up at all. Um, now, mind you, like some threads about My Little Pony had come up when discussing episodes and characters, but it wasn't like as high. It wasn't as like popular I guess at the point here where it was like super mainstream okay but a lot of people read the essay which drew them to the attention of the show and the essay instead of having like this negative effect on the show with an adult audience actually had a, the opposite effect and had it very much everyone was like what are you talking about this show is awesome was basically everyone's reaction here so, so like that old adage there's no such thing as bad publicity well even not so much of maybe baby bad publicity necessarily but like his intent was to basically mock and degrade the show here and it had the complete opposite effect where a lot of people actually started going to watch the show because they wanted to see what it was all about because he's a somewhat big name I guess in, in that yeah. arena. He's obviously um, got a following. Yeah and so eventually what ended up happening on 4chan here is that um, memes and discussion about it started popping up everywhere um, entire threads would eventually get hijacked. So you might be talking about like one thing and then somebody would come in with pony related stuff and then it would quickly switch to pony related stuff. And so people started getting banned and you know, a lot of memes started coming up from here. Believe um, it or not, I have been on a knitting uh, site and, and, and had a thread hijacked. Yeah. So yeah. 
Um, so a lot of it was eventually banned. Like at one point here, like anything pony related was banned on 4chan, and eventually, like they relented a little bit and made their own forums for it, so they can, you know, their their own. They threads. could pony up. Yeah, basically, can get their own stuff here, and so that's kind of how Bronies started here. Um, it's liked ironically. I mean, like again, like it's this love of this very girly thing here that actually speaks to still a lot of people in a lot of cases and a lot of the stories here are not um are not limited to you little girls here at all i mean like i can watch some of those episodes and think like that's how i think about a co-worker or that's kind of our relationship i have with somebody else i know and so like i liked i liked the, the episodes yeah no again i think the episodes are, are awesome like that um so one of the things you, you know, so that's kind of where bronies come from in a large case. They were, it was super popular in the early, in the early 2010s. And as of lately, it's died down a bit here. Um, there was a series of brony cons in <laughs> New York and, and New yeah. Jersey. Um, they had maybe about 10,000 to 6,000 people going to it. Um, it Died down here, and the last one will be this year as well. I think with the culmination, with it's just not. It's the just end not of as the series. Yeah, yeah, and it's just not as popular as much anymore in, in their nerdum. I mean, there will still be movies that come out all the time for this, but they do exist. Um, so one thing that like, you might actually find about, um, you know, in the end, people wonder here, like, why do people like bronies, or what's the possible reason for bronies? How, how are we spelling bronies? Oh, so, there's the brony convention. Yes. Oh, very good. Because if I if I Google for bronies, I got brownies. Yeah, it wants to autocorrect. It's it does. It's, it's funny like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, like. Oh my gosh! There's a there's a, a YouTube uh, at one of the conventions. There's actually a documentary on bronies. A short little like I think it's like an hour and a half documentary on them that goes through a lot of like the creation of My Little Pony and where the fandom kind of came from. The Brony Con. Yes. Okay. And, and trust me, if you can have a Star Trek convention in multiple in multiple locations once a month here, you can have a BronyCon once a year. No, totally get it. Yeah. Oh, the even the logo is cute. Yes, it's very cute, isn't it? It's got tails at the end of the mm-hmm. letters. That's cute. Yep, I okay. believe it's Twilight Sparkle's tail. The most recent one is upcoming. It's coming. There's one in August. Yes. Can we go? I think we're going somewhere else here. Oh, it's in Baltimore. Okay. Yeah, no. Yeah. All right. It's, it's a bit of it's a bit of a dip. it's a bit of a trip to get to it. Okay. All um, right. So one thing about fandoms here is that they can be either inclusive or exclusive in a lot of cases. I think the more technical a show can be, the fandom is a little harder to get into. So if you have shows like Star Trek, which are highly technical, like if I were to play an episode of Star Trek for you, like you would probably not know who the characters are and wonder why can't they, why don't they just do x y and z from another episode if we're watching them out of order here like they can be that way in some cases here so something that's really I know who captain kirk is yes but do you know picard do you know cardassians i know you? i okay i know picard yeah cardassian are you talking about kim no 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 it's an entire race but it's, it's kind of funny that they're very similar named oh okay um uh, we'll get to star trek eventually i promise okay um but any show that's kind of got a lot more technicality to it here, where a lot more technical details can be, um, or anything that needs overt explaining that's not readily well known immediately, can be very exclusive. 
which means in the sense that like like if you're like slightly into Star Trek and you go to somewhere that's very into Star Trek, you might find that you're woefully out of out of out of knowledge. So you could, you could, so so if you went in in cosplay and you and you did it wrong, they'd know. Oh yeah. Okay. And you'd have to explain why you were doing it wrong, and it could be any. You could very much explain it from anywhere. If it was like, oh, I'm from a mirror dimension, literally. <laughs> so that so that's why your communicator's on the wrong shoulder. Yeah, that's my reason. How come the rest of the uniform is the right side? Mirror dimension. Seen that well, as an argument once before. Oh, okay. So you can't just be teleported wrong. When you they know, put, put you back together, it just... I know, yeah. Again, like, it's, okay. it's it can be like that sometimes. It's not all the time, but it can be like that sometimes, just okay. as a kind of a forewarning. Um, Bronies, though, I mean, like, in the Milo Pony fandom here, is different because it's very inclusive. I mean, I think in a lot of the stories are meant to be inclusive as well. A lot of the stories it's are very... It's a warm, fuzzy sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the stories are very lighthearted. They're not um, super focused on antagonist or being in an argument with other people here. In fact, you know, you might get to arguments, but everyone always ends in a happy way here. And yeah. there's nothing, um, I mean, like it's a very inclusive community here where like it really does welcome anybody who's interested in it. Well, if you think about it, okay, so the messages are always very positive. Yes. And so it would make sense that the community that develops around them would be positive. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah no, it, it makes perfect sense why ponies would be very bronies would be very inclusive here because again like their their fandom is all about their shows are all the show is entirely about not only just getting back to a status quo at the end of the day but also being good people and being inclusive and living up to the standards that kind of are what we would strive to good ponies. for be ponies yeah pretty much be a pony. would you be surprised that people have studied bronies scientifically <laughs> okay um, with the intent of finding out what makes them tick, kind of. Okay, what did they, they find? Again, there's there have been a couple different studies of like people who are into My Little Pony and why you know it's because again when you think about it from a from a from just a distance standpoint here, a grown adult into a show that's been for, a grown male adult in their thirties and forties into a children a, a children girls you know four seven four seven nine like age group sort of tv show why do like this completely opposite demographic what's attracting them yeah and there's been some there's been some studies on it here um there's been some sort of rationale behind why it is and a lot of that comes down to we kind of live in a very cynical and negative world i mean like if you look at our news it's all about what happened and a lot of that's never a lot of positive stuff that happened it's always yeah. a lot of reaction to other stuff happening that could be either positive or negative but it's rarely good news that comes up on the news in a lot of cases here um and for a society that was used to having a lot of somewhat positive messages and finding all the cynicism that a show like this year um basically has like a super positive message at the end of the day and really kind of like speaks to people because hey this is a really super positive message and it's kind of what I would like the world to be more like so it somehow speaks to a lot of people in that way so it's a, it's a moment to have your warm fuzzy feeling yes absolutely. we all like our warm fuzzy feeling oh, we all enjoy those so much yeah well it's why rom-coms exist yes 
you know. They're funny and they're funny and they have a romantic ending at the end of it. Well, they're entertaining and there's a payoff. Yeah, absolutely. We need the payoff. Um, probably the most major. I mean, obviously you delve a little bit into into the world of fandom here when it comes to My Little Pony. There's a lot of wikis for it, isn't it? Oh my gosh, there's all sorts of little things. Um, there's all sorts of strings of different things on them, including the whole sites just for Princess Serenity. So yeah, so there's a My Little Pony wiki, which goes into the detail of every single, single back, yeah. every single background pony. They can show you multiple images of the pony from a single episode. They can tell you which episode the pony appears in. It's got a talking point. If it doesn't have a talking point, it goes way too much detail into... Well, does Trixie come back? Yes, she comes back in later episodes. Okay. Um, there's even... She was uh, cute. There's even a bit here where, like, Princess Luna has her own version of, like, Twilight Sparkles kind of group, in which Luna's kind of the leader of it with um, the a couple other ponies that are, I guess, not negative, but more maybe darker ponies. Um, and the pony from, I believe her name is Tempest, from the movie actually comes back as well. Okay, so, so and, and, and Tempest reminded me of the ponies that came up to um, Rainbow Dash mm-hmm. in episode one or two or two at that point. Possibly. Yeah. Um, and invite, invite Rainbow Dash to join them. So, yeah. So if we go back to Rainbow Dash, she's really, so the, like there's a Blue Angels sort of group called the, like the Wonderbolts or something like that, I believe. Yeah. She really wants to join the Wonderbolts. Yeah. Because like they're like the best flyers of all. Yeah. And so this organization that comes to try to get sort, her... Sort of like the Blue Angel of... Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Of ponies. Yeah, and so like she gets tempted with the Shadow Bolts, which is the negative version of it, but it's a very exclusive fast club, and they're like, me? You really want me? Yeah, So, but you have to make up your mind now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so the wikis for these are very, very highly detailed. I dare you one day when we get to Star Trek here, look at the wikis for Star Trek. Um, Alpha Memory is a is a hole that basically makes the technical manuals that I used to have when I was a kid look like child's play. And you did have those. I did have the technical manuals. I was very much a, a tricky... You, you went, yeah, you went as one of the characters one year. I went as Data one year, yes. Yeah. Because I, I, I thought it was that. cool. And again, I was very young, and I don't think I quite understood all the stuff happening in it, but I don't know. I think spaceships and, like, you know, yeah. it just spoke to me. Well, and, and, the, and the ability to interact with, other worlds oh yes and there are parallel universes i mean they 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 refer in in several of the episodes to parallel Mm -hmm. universes yep absolutely um that's a trope yes it is it's very it's very much trope and it even gets brought up in our fandom stuff here later oh okay um and so we get to fandom here and this is the real heart of why i want to discuss my little pony because it's a very easy way to get into this fandom that's a very inclusive fandom that's very easy to get into but there are some quite a number of rabbit holes and dark holes that to avoid. And so this is one of those things that if you're going to be into a topic here to kind of understand when you're getting into it here. So this is all with okay. all within the sense of warning you, but inviting you as well. Okay. Um, so when I talk about fandom here, for the most part, I obviously talk about the fans. In this case, I'm going to talk about the media that fans create. Because if you like something, you make something about it. Because it's somehow, it's a very high art form. If you're into... If you're into Japanese comics and anime, you make um, you make your own Japanese comics and animation, and it's often known as uh, 
uh, doshinshi in Japan. There's entire conventions that only do fan comic stuff like this. It's called Comet. It takes place in this really, really cool convention hall that's on these giant pillars, and it's an inverted triangle. Oh, that's cool. It's a really cool convention hall. I, I would love to see it if we when we're in Japan, but I don't think we'll get to. Um, okay. Well, I like good architecture. It's amazing looking. It looks like something out of Seattle. Oh, cool. So it, it's a super cool building, but it's this entire convention around fan-made Japanese comics exists. Now, in Japan, it's a, it's considered a high art form. It's basically high praise that you would see what somebody else had made, because in a lot of cases, Japanese animation is made not necessarily in the quick, but they're constantly making it. And so, like, you never get to, you know, like, in America, like, if you work on, like, Harry Potter, you work with Harry Potter, you work on Harry Potter for the next, you know, like, 10, 15 years. So you're just yeah. super involved with these characters. In Japan, you might live with these characters for the better part of six months and then move on right away to the next project that you're yeah. working on. Yeah, um, I, I get that that sense here with, with um, there are a lot of graphic novels, children's stories now. Mm-hmm. Um, novels directed at five, six, seven, eight-year-olds. Oh. Ten-year-olds. Yeah, oh, no, there's, your, your nieces are into it. Okay. Um, but there's whole there's whole series. Mm-hmm. And they, they look like something that, that was drawn pretty quickly, and they move on, and there are different storylines. Fun fact, that's what comics were originally. Yeah. A lot of yeah. early, very early comics were basically to sell printed advertising space back to children. And to do it in a colorful, colorful way again. I mean, like, that's reasons why like copies of Superman go for so much because they weren't made on paper; they were meant to last. Yeah. And so, like, if these still exist in any sort of way, the you know they're basically historical artifacts. They don't really exist anymore. They were meant to be thrown away, and a lot of them yeah. were. Yeah. Um, but again, like fandom in a lot of cases here though is all about creating a lot of media for it here as well. And so, some of the media you might get are. Fan art. There's okay. a lot of fan art of My Little Pony out there. Um, you might even have fan music. So people make songs in tribute to My Little Pony. Um, you might also have fan animation. Now, I've seen... Now, one of my favorite little bits of My Little Pony animation here, um, in anime terms, we call this AMVs. It's basically taking the original source material animation and syncing it with music, essentially. So you make a music video out of it but using the animation. And you might be able to tell a story in between the animation here sometimes, but not all the time. Okay. Um, Weird Al Yankovic, who is God-level music trolling, which I love so By much. By the way, he does voiceovers for this thing. He so does. does Pat Oswalt. Yes, he does. I was stunned to find this out. Mm-hmm. He's actually made a song for My Little Pony, too. Cool. Yes. Um, but what Weird, Weird Al does is every single one of his albums, he has a polka rendition of modern songs. It's basically like the chorus line for the songs or the or key parts of the song that everyone kind of knows, and they're redone in a polka version. Okay. And the animation has, and I'll I'll put a link to the, some of the ones here in the, in our uh, in the blog here for it. Um, but there's somebody who took episodes of My Little Pony and synced it up with one of the Weird Al Yankovic polka remixes, and it's hilarious to me. And even Weird Al Yankovic actually posted on it. It's like, wow, this is really cool, and like spurred them to make more of it here. So there's some people who do that, who make okay. new stories out of it. There's some people who have gone into animation to make to remake the characters in a Flash animation in Maya, which is the software they use to do the animation for My Little Pony, 
And they've made not only their own characters, but they've made their own episodes or their own, you know, stuff for it. Okay. So there are people who have made their own episodes. And then you have other people who have gone out of their way to make highly detailed 3D models. And other people who animate those 3D models just for that. Again, like, it's... it's Again, the, the rabbit so hole So it's is far beyond the, the conventions and all of that. Very much far beyond the conventions and the traditional sort of where you would see... Where you would... What you would immediately get see at all. I mean, like, again, you kind of got to dive a little deep to get there in some cases. Um, but it's there. And then, so one of the major websites here, Equestria Daily, is a great site because it show because basically what it does is the, the moderator or curator for it basically pulls what is the, the good stuff out there and posts it on her web, puts it on the website and updates it and keeps everyone well organized they, they don't have, they have a forum, cool. forum system that goes through there the main version the kind of the original version of what a lot of fandom media would have been would have been called a fanfic and this is basically shortened down from a fan fiction which is basically a story using these characters or universe to make a new story out of okay and so a lot so of this sort of an unlicensed rendition pr- pretty much yeah okay um Fanfics go way back. I think the first major ones would have been actually with Star Trek, the original series. Um, and oddly enough, about a large portion of the demographic for writing and making these stories would have actually been females. Okay, so I'll, I'll give you... I'm going to use your term because I think okay. it's fun. My favorite fanfic. Mm-hmm. Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies. Yes, it's essentially a fanfic at the end of the day when you think about it. It's using the same original characters and setting, but adding something new to it. Oh, it even uses some of the some of the original dialogue. Yes, there is nothing like watching a girl in a Victorian dress pull out a knife to stab a zombie. And they go back to the tea party that she was so elegantly yeah. having, as if oh, the zombie I... apocalypse never happened outside. Yeah. So 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 Jane Austen and zombies. Yes. Okay. Yeah. There's a couple other ones where like there's like a Cthulhu one and. A, there's a whole line of these of these books, actually. So the, that was a movie. Yes, there was a movie. There was a book before it, though, and there were other books as well that they have yet to figure out a way to make a movie out of. Too cool. The, okay. If you go back, if you go way, even further back, there is a Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter that started out as a fan fiction as well, which is basically it. Now, for the most part, here one of the things you have to kind of know is that fan fictions are not necessarily licensed from the original material. So obviously, like if you want to do Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies, you kind of got to get the... the... Well, but that's no longer copyrighted. It's in public domain because because of the age. And again, things like Peter Pan and a lot of the original Disney kind of fantasy stories were doing that because the stories were in the public domain and you can make stories about them in that way. But you get to other stories which are still copyrighted and licensed here, like Star Trek, Star Wars, and... I think Star Wars has an interesting one here because there is a lot of fan fiction for Star Wars that actually got licensed and printed and made money. Really? It's, yo, they're, the books for Star Wars, because when, when Star Wars, the original Star Wars, you know, like uh, Return of the Jedi ended in, I believe, 1983 here. Yeah. 1983, 1985. Like, a lot of books kept wanting to keep telling the stories. Yeah. And so you have a lot of stories in which Luke loses his powers with force. He joins the dark side. There's an entire... He gets married. He has kids. Like, well, there are a lot of sequels to Gone with the Wind too. Yes, um, but again, like, but again, like, no one person wrote these books either. Entire slew of books came out for this, and it's, 
you know, like sometimes you reference stuff that happened in other stuff, and sometimes you don't. It's a, it's it wasn't a well curated. So, there, so there's a whole genre. There's a whole genre of it, yes, okay. and so. Um, but in a lot of cases here, though, like Star Wars being one of the few exceptions, and if you go to Star Wars now, they consider that what they call the expanded universe. It's not considered canon anymore. Canon basically meaning like these are the actual things that happened. You know, this is what we all agree is what's currently happening in the timeline versus um, the expanded universe is like, this is all stuff that happened, but it's not canon. It's not what actually happened. This is all stuff that did happen in like an alternate universe, but not the main storyline. Got it. Got it. So, okay. that, so if you ever heard the word canon, it's not describing something from a boat that shoots other things. It's describing the story and what's like what's the what's the actual oh, details. Oh, I'm liking it in my mind to the canonical uh, gospels and the. That's where it apoc- comes from. Apocryphal gospels. Well, again, canonically is where the word canon comes from. There we go. So, um, the fan fictions in a lot of cases here are again fan fan written material. I've mm-hmm. seen. I helped edit one time a friend's My Little Pony fanfic. Um, Okay. Yeah. You, you ever you ever watched the movie Clue? Yes. Yes. So we did a My Little version, My Little Pony version of Clue, in which Pinkie Pie was the detective, and it all happened on a train, and it, nobody died at the end, but it was very silly and funny. That could um, be cute. Yeah, I had to do a lot of editing for like story wise, and like if you were doing this as a TV show, yes, you might introduce the characters in the background behind it, behind it, but in a storybook here. You don't mention the characters until they become relevant. Yeah. Like, because if you introduce all the characters beforehand, you basically set up everyone in the back of their minds to know this is important. You just spent like three paragraphs describing this. If you spent a paragraph describing this pony, and then when they pop up here, it's not news to anybody. They're like, oh, finally this one showed up. Yeah. 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 Got it. Stuff stuff like that in a lot of cases. Um, So, fandom in general, again, fan fiction is very, very popular. Okay, so people uh, people read each other's. They do they post them online then? Yes, there's a fanfiction.net that has basically searchable any kind of way you can get to a story here. Cool. Um, yes and no. Okay. Again, I mean, the, again, some fandom gets a little bit more bizarre than others, and well, way- some people are a little more bizarre than oh, others. Yeah. Okay. Um, one thing to know about fanfiction here is that it's a purely fan thing. Nobody gets paid to do fanfiction. Um, the general notion being is that if you're going to be making money on anything, you have to get it obviously licensed. Licensed and, and, yeah. Yeah, and so there's a lot of unauthorized, you know, licensed stuff here. And nobody, you know, like a lot of the fandom is, is respectful of the notion. He's like, hey, like I made this for fun. I'm not making this for money. Yeah. You know, that's kind of the intent here. Um, and would you be surprised actually that a lot of people, a lot of like some fandoms, some creators don't like fanfic. I, I'm sure because you you take their character and you do what you want with it, and it's not how what they, they would see want the, it. Yeah, it's not how they see the character. Yeah, like so. I can get that. Uh, yeah, there's quite a bit of of people out there. I think it's like uh, George R. R. Martin. Um, I can't remember if J.K. Rowling's is okay with it or not. Like, like you can't stop it at all. Yeah. I mean, like there's really no no point in stopping it. But like, they they try to dissuade people of this because like, hey, like I've lived with these characters for like. 15, 20 years here, they're my, not necessarily even my, just my characters at all, but, like, I know these characters inside and out. The, say, the fact that you say they would do this here at this point here does not match what I think they would do. Yeah, yeah I get you it. You know, so it's, it's kind of like watching, your, you know, 
I guess it's kind of like watching your own child do something that's completely different that you weren't expecting. Yeah. Got it. So, okay. um, so here, I'm going to go through some quick terms here. And this does apply toward all fandoms. So, like, okay. you can find... Some of these are obviously fiction-related in some cases here, like um, like a Mary Sue. So, a Mary Sue is a term for a character in a story that is, like, an author insert character or a wish-fulfillment character. Basically, it's, like, the character that kind of walks around with... We've talked about plot armor, right? Right. Okay. They're the character with, like, the most perfectest plot armor ever. You know, hey, so, they... So you know they're not going to die because they're too crit- critical to the story. Well, not only are they not only are they too critical to the story here, but like, um, as an example here, like they're a character which has like expert loving expert. There might be like in a computer setting, and like they happen across a computer that has secret information, but they have to hack into it. This character somehow can hack into it, and it's never been set up beforehand that they're a genius level hacker, but somehow they can just get into it. And then somehow the very next episode here or the very next... They're, they're magically endowed. They're very much magically endowed. Everything goes perfectly right for them. Okay. Um, you know, like... But they, they enable other characters because they can't. No, no. no. In some cases, not even that. No, again, okay. sometimes they're just... Sometimes they're just purely the very best character that's on screen. And, like, there is no way that they can ever be wrong or any way that, you know, like, you might put them down you might take them down a little bit, but they always get back up in the best ways. Um, a very popular version of that is, in a sort, is an anime series called Sword Art Online, which the character uh, Kirito somehow is like an expert level gamer in this virtual world, but he's an expert level hacker. He's just he's just the very best, and like he never fails, and nothing ever nothing ever really happens to him that doesn't you know that that has any sort of meaningful or impactful sort of thing on him. He just always wins. So is Mary Sue almost kind of a derogatory term yes. for somebody? Okay. It's, it's, very, it's very much a fan derogatory term for it okay. in a lot of cases Okay, here. Got, got it. Um, okay. Another one you're going to hear a lot is called shipping. Now, oh, sh- for relationships. Yes, yeah, so shipping and relationships. Now, I don't know. and I think I believe the term comes from uh, a show from back in the 60s or 70s in which it was like everyone was on a love boat here or like a cruise. Yeah. And everybody kind of. Yeah. Okay, so everybody got shipped. Yeah, so everyone, so everyone eventually fell in love with one another, or they had different pairings, essentially. Yes. So shipping is the nature of putting two characters together into an usually romantic relationship, um, or setting up two characters together to be kind of mutually with the each other. Love boat. <laughs> Soon we'll be sailing. Anyway. That's also the classic one where everyone kind of pops up in little circles and kind of like turns around, and like focuses at the scene. And points or does something to the yeah. to the camera. Yeah, yeah. I, I never watched it, but I've seen intros for it. Yep. Um, so shipping. That was Isaac, by the way, the, the bartender. Ah, that's where Isaac comes from. Yes. Um, so yeah, so shipping is this notion here that you put two characters together, and it's not always two like a male and female character. Sometimes two female characters. Sometimes two male characters. Like you might have like. In My Little Pony, sometimes there's a lot of shipping for Princess Luna and and uh, Princess Serenity or Celestia, excuse me. Okay. And there's there's quite a bit of shipping that goes on with that. That they're like a lot of art can be like very much with them being in a somewhat more romantic relationship than anything else. Um, a it's lot ancestral. of ancestral. Yeah, there was a lot of early start, 
a lot of early Star Trek stuff with like Spock and Kirk or like um, McCoy and Scott and, and, and Kirk or Scotty and Sulu or stuff like that. Again, Aurora? Sometimes Aurora too. Yeah, there's some shipping with that too. Again, like it's, again, it's basically somebody deciding, hey, these two characters would be perfect with each other if they were in a relationship and put them in a relationship. Now, sometimes it's done ironically where these two characters clearly will never get with each other but let's put them together in a romantic relationship and watch them fight with each other on so most almost like how real could you get it? Um, so there is that as well. I'd like to see Dr. Spock and, and data. Okay. Yeah. It could be interesting. Yeah. Um, the other one here is called slash fiction. So it is, again, it's primarily romantic and often sexual relationships between characters. Um, and so, like, it's heavily implied that eventually they will have sex. It's kind of a version of shipping at a certain level here. Um, if it's between... Uh, but it's primarily between men, it's called... It primarily, though. Okay. So that's so that's where you get back to, like, the McCoy and Spock sort of thing here. That's okay. called Slash Fiction. There's a female version called Femme Slash, which is, again, two women with each other. So those are terms you might come up with. Um, another one that got thrown around by a lot of my female friends was called Smut. What's smut? It's purely pornography in the form of writing. Oh, like like a romance novel. No. No. I, I, <laughs> romance novels have, have can be pornographic. I, I I would probably relate it more to like the triple X movies, maybe. Oh, okay. So, so like, we're we're not talking Shades of Grey. Well, actually, we'll talk about Fifty Shades of Grey here in just a second, actually. Okay. But um, but no, yeah, like smut is. Again, like, again, like, let's take, for example, like, Kirk and Spock here. The vaguest understanding of that, like, the, of an intro of, like, a story here is, like, we're stuck in this room here, uh, Spock. Yes, we are, Captain Kirk. And then if something sexual or pornographic happens because of that. Okay. So, like, there's some, there's a lot of doujinshi in Japan that just goes straight for that. We're like, here's a really, here's, like, two or three pages of what would be a normal story and then sent out sexual scenes thereafter slipped in okay yeah so so that would be smut so if you come like, across like like a porn movie pretty much a porn movie but yeah. in writing okay um, it can be in pictures form and musical form as well so like just as a heads up for that too okay um the other one here which is actually kind of fun here is actually known as a crossover so a crossover might be two different series merging together so you might have like uh you know it's iron man and captain america meet my little ponies <laughs> that could be fun. Yeah, so it might be kind of interesting to see like these characters. What, what, and, what and kind of armor would would Iron Man make for for My Little Pony, Pony. or like you know yeah. like in some cases there's there's crossovers like that where two two theory series kind of crossover each other. You do see that kind of somewhat more um, with similar shows here, like maybe Star Trek and Star Wars would crossover with each other in some cases, or even different versions of Star Trek or different yeah time periods in Star. Wars. Absolutely, um, another version of crossover is called a fusion. In which, uh, for an example, My Little Pony is now the Avengers. So, like, maybe there's a Captain, you know, Ponyville or Equestria, and then maybe there's an Iron Pony and so forth. Like, it's a fusion between two series in which, like, the characters are maybe not necessarily new, but maybe they're fused into with what would be other characters. As long as they're a Flurkin, I'm in. Absolutely Flurkins all the way. Yeah. Um... Another, another version of this might also be an alternate universe. 
this uh, this goes back to our um, expanded universe for Star Wars in which new events or different events happen. So I've seen a post-apocalyptic version of My Little Pony, which all the characters... <laughs> it's 20 years into the future, and, like, you know, like, if you go back to the, the My Little Pony movie, like, Tempest and the Storm King won. Princess Le- uh, uh, Princess Twilight got free, but doesn't have quite as much of her magical powers, and they're basically like in constant running from the Storm King to not basically to safeguard whatever's left of so magic. An, al- an alternate ending, not just an alternate ending, but a com- alternate, completely new universe that happens outside of that, okay. based on original events. Or it might be that like sometimes an alternate universe might be that all the characters are backwards. So, like, maybe it was Scotty who was the captain of the ship, and it was Kirk who was in charge of the engine room, and maybe it was Sulu who was the main silence officer, but Spock was the, you know, comms officer, and Uhura was the weapons person or something. Like, Got it. Okay. You know, so, like, again, like, it's basically like an alternate universe where some elements are very much the same, but at some point something diverged to get to somewhere else. Um, now, you wanted to mention um, Fifty Shades of Grey, would you imagine that that is the most popular fanfic ever originally created? No, I would not imagine. Yes. So Fifty Shades of Grey actually started out as a parody or a parody fan fanfic for the Twilight series. That's funny. So yeah, so originally what this uh originally what this author did was um for Fifty Shades of Grey, and I apologize, I don't remember her name. Um, but what happened was is that she basically was writing every like couple weeks she would release a new chapter in the story, mm-hmm. and it initially it was supposed to be a twilight. It was supposed to be a uh, a fan version of Twilight that didn't have the vampires in it, and so it was less you know magical and, and less, the, the less vampires were very sexual. Yes. So yeah, so that's where it started off with, and then. Because it's kind of an ongoing month, a couple week series, and released every couple, a new chapter released every couple weeks here. Like, yeah, she so, just so kept serialized. Yeah, she kept just releasing stuff and releasing stuff, and eventually it got really popular to the point that like book company came to her and was like, "Hey, would you like to rework some of your material into an actual book? We think it's kind of interesting, and it's certainly got a lot of popularity online. So that like, hey, we might consider reusing this." So a lot of the characters got changed, and a lot of the story actually got rewritten. Um, all the original names got changed, obviously. Um, and that's what we know as Fifty Shades of Grey. So it is by far probably the most um, well-known fanfic that ever actually became real media. And now there's parodies of Fifty Shades of Grey, oddly enough. I would imagine. Yeah. Uh, that could have some real interesting alternate stories. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Um, so yeah, but again, that's that's fandom for you in general. Those terms that I've mentioned, there's a huge, there's a much bigger collection of the terms. Um, I definitely recommend reading the wiki for it, for the Wikipedia article on fan fiction, because it will go into a lot of those terms, and you'll see those terms on websites and other stuff here. When you go to fanfic.net, it does a very good job of organizing all the different terms that come up, so you can sort and find stuff. So if you don't want to find smut or slash fiction stuff like that you can f- avoid that okay um and it's certainly again those are all terms that also occasionally pop up in media in their other media too like animation and stuff like that here like 
Well, and no, I mean, I mean, we all kind of, we all know Mary Sue. You, know, you go to lots of saying Garcia and Criminal Minds is kind of a. Yes, very much a Mary Sue. We're like, you know, every she's just capable of finding anything on the net that you might need. Just Regardless, perfect. She can hack any, just, any just, site. Just the perfect amount of knowledge for exactly what you need right then and there. But there are so many of those. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's a very it's a it's a very easy trope to kind of get around real quickly. Well, yeah, no. The minute you described it, I could think of all sorts of characters that sort of fit that thing. Yep. But I now now I want to go out and write a fanfic that is that is uh, uh, Equestria Zombie. It would be interesting. It'd be fun. Be, definitely be. I, I'm pretty sure some of those might exist already. Yeah, I'm probably probably. <laughs> um. So yeah, so that's basically My Little Pony fandom. And obviously, there's a bunch of toys for My Little Pony. There's a lot of fan-made toys as well. Um, Etsy is littered with fan-created My Little Pony stuff. Everything from uh, hoodies, jackets, new versions of the toys, um, cosplay stuff for that. You know, So if, if you really wanted it, like Rainbow Dash's tail, you could have Rainbow Dash's tail. You know, if you wanted a jacket that's got, you know, that's that. Actually, I think the jacket's actually a licensed thing, actually, because I think either Nina or Mia had one of those at one point here. Well, yeah, no, you. I mean, there are lots of places you can go and buy, you know, licensed shirts. I bought, mm-hmm. I bought licensed shirts and took them to Cambodia for uh, the little girls that your brother lived with in the Peace Corps. Oh yeah, and and they knew exactly who it was. Oh yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of material from My Little Pony again. The figurines you were talking about, the blind bags before. Blind bags, we have plenty of those. I always find blind bags so weird. The whole, the cult, they're, they're, they're a very whole, cult thingy. Yeah, they're a whole YouTube. They're very popular sites. in Japan, too. Are they? Oh, yeah. Oh, we'll have to see if we can find new ones for the girls. Well, not, um, blind bags for all, just about everything that exists out there. Well, they kind of exist for just about everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, stuffed animals, clothing. Again, there's a lot of media stuff out there for My Little Pony, which should not be really a surprise to. Any adult that's ever had a child that's been four or five years old and a girl. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, so that was My Little Pony here and fandom in kind of a more broad and general term here. Um, I think this is a good place to head off here for this week. Um, next week, we'll be doing something a little bit more manly. Oh. Something a little bit more manly that has a lot of double entendres in it. Oh, I like that. And it will have a belt. And a belt. Yes. So... Um, and suspenders? No, just the belt. Just a lot, belt. Of, a lot okay. of people will be fighting for a belt in this case. Okay. So we'll join back here next week, and thank you so much for joining us on our podcast here. You can find out more information on nerdtutorialpodcast.com, our website, where we have uh, the blog, which will include a lot of the information we talked about here, including links and websites to some of the shows and YouTube clips that we have here, including Equestria Daily, fanfiction.net, and those YouTube videos I was talking about with the My Little Pony YouTube my Little Pony Weird Al Yankovic mashup. Uh, you can also visit us on on Twitter here at nerd underscore tutorial, where if you have any questions or uh, corrections for some of our shows, because I'm not perfect about all my knowledge, but if you want to uh, introduce some more knowledge and start keep the discussion going or have future topics or questions for our next uh, episodes here, we highly recommend letting me know there, and we'll be more than happy to feature them here on our show as well. So it's myself, your nerdy tutor, George, and my mom here. And thank you so much for joining us here this week. Bye. Bye.